Amazon Prime Video presents Transparent, nominated for 10 Emmys, including Outstanding Comedy Series and Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series for Jeffrey Tambor. Now streaming all episodes for Television Academy members at ConsiderAmazon.com. I'm sitting at the hospitality suite, which is quite empty, actually. There doesn't seem to be anyone to host. <laughs> exactly. We are the hospitality crowd. At the TCAs, yes, the Television the tel- Critics Association. Yeah, yeah. so got to spell it out for people, because I think a lot of people still think TCA is the Teen Choice Awards. So <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no, no, and not for anyone in the industry, and definitely not for me. Uh, this is day 14, honestly. I can't believe this. Michael Schneider, I have been watching this now. Uh, watching you not be in the office, watching you file story after story after story. Now, we do Comic-Con, we do Sundance, we do Toronto, we do things like that. But this is going on for a really long time. It's uh, Yeah, and it's twice a year, and uh, it's usually about 17 days. Uh, so, it uh, you know, a lot of people come from out of town, and they basically move into the, which, whatever hotel the event is being held right now at the Beverly Hilton. In January, it'll be back at the Langham Hotel in, in uh, Pasadena. But, yeah. Yeah, it's it's still a big deal, and and you know there's always the ongoing debate: is it worth it? Uh, the amount of money that networks and studios spend to bring out talent, uh, do they get bang for their buck? Well, it is Emmy season I, after all. Well, and I I also still argue that they do. To tell you the truth, especially now more than ever, that we're living in hashtag peak TV times. This is the only way to really get, especially smaller shows, lesser known shows, any sort of uh, attention, uh, and it really will get some shows that maybe weren't on critics' radars some notice, especially if you bring in a showrunner or a piece of talent. Uh, that sounded really derogatory, didn't it? Piece of talent. Piece but, of talent, like uh, Taraji P. Henson was here <laughs> yesterday talking to Liz Shannon Miller. Right, right. But when you get someone like that or someone who's an unknown who just charms the crowd, uh, you know, in years past, someone like Rachel Bloom from mm-hmm. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend uh, who comes in, who people don't know, but I, I, by by the end of an hour, everyone loves and maybe wants to give that show a second shot. And, and honestly, something like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is not a ratings hit, but it's a critical darling, Partly because it all started in this ballroom at this hotel and people got to meet her and her producing team for the first time and it set the stage for what was ultimately a critic's love affair with that show. That's just one example. That happens all the time. And for me, it's still valuable just to see executives and producers and showrunners. Uh, it's it's great FaceTime. And of course, it's nice to get out of the office. <laughs> well, I, I ha- can't help but notice that since you do cover the business, business, um, you get to see a sort of uh, snapshot of where each of these companies is at this point in time. And there was an interesting story yesterday about Fox, because they did their presentation, and there's sort of new people in front of the spotlight over there. Well, Fox, actually not so much new people. Uh, Gary Newman and Dana Walden have been, uh, you know, they ran the studio since 1999. But he so. wasn't on the stage. But Gary wasn't on the stage because the two of them have been doing this for so long now, and, and none of them really love, and no executive loves going up in front of the press. This is something that we've mandated as part of the TC for for decades that it's required of network executives to stand up and meet the press and answer tough questions. 
and if they if they had their choice they wouldn't do it at all so dana and gary have this this uh, ability of switching off now so they've decided that they're uh, going to combine with their entertainment president david madden take turns so dana met the press this week uh, come January, it's going to be Gary's turn, and Dana's going to be able to sit back in, in the back of the room and not have to prep for, for weeks on end to answer questions. And, and you know, they remind me they prep hundreds of questions. Ultimately, they only get maybe, you know, 10 of those. Uh, so it's it's grueling. It's taxing for them. So if, if they don't have to go in front of us, they won't. What did you learn from that, though, in terms of uh, where Fox is going? They're doing a lot of reboots. Well, That's Fox, sort of controversial. Yeah, Fox is an interesting place right now because they, they did have a, a rough year and they're having a rough summer. Uh, they're not getting a lot of circulation. So one way they're going to try to get back in the game is they're, they're bringing back a lot of this IP, a lot of this intellectual property that's done well for them in the past, like 24 or Prison Break or titles that people know well, like Lethal Weapon and The Exorcist. With a Wayans brother? playing the Danny Glover part? Yeah, Damon Wayans. Uh, America loves Damon Wayans. <laughs> and, and, then, and who is this Clayne guy? Uh, he was uh, Clayne Crawford. He was actually on Rectify, uh, a critic's darling show. So that, interestingly, gives you know what ultimately is a critic-friendly kind of show, at least something for critics to, to kind of look for, in that they really like him. They loved him on Rectify. And Damon Wayans, uh, you know, that's someone who, you know, we all grew up watching on In Living Color and on other things, too. So, uh, you know, that's a show that, uh, you know, it's not a, it's never going to be a critical darling. It's a remake of Lethal Weapon. It sounds but like a comedy light. It, it makes me crazy, actually, because the original is so iconic. Yeah. As a movie. Yeah, but as we know, we live in a reboot culture. <laughs> and part of the reason why we do is because it is so hard to get any sort of attention on shows these days when you have hundreds and hundreds of scripted series debuting, you know, week after week. Uh, if, if you have any sort of leg up, and in this case, these are shows that are easily marketable. People have heard of these titles. They're going to want to sample them, or the, the idea goes they're going to want to sample them because they at least know what these titles are. Then that helps a network like Fox out that doesn't have a lot of circulation at the moment. Now, the show still has to be good, and it's still, still no guarantee people are going to tune in. Last year, Minor- Minority Report was a show uh, on uh. Fox, and <laughs> people never even showed up to, to give it a first shot, let alone a second or a third shot. So I remain it's not easy. dubious. Um, yeah. Well, as about, we should with all remakes and reboots. But. I think so. Um, but the TCAs had their awards on Sunday night, which I thought meant that maybe they were over. But that they continued <laughs> to yeah, uh, plow on. Not so much. Usually the TCA awards come around the halfway point. Oh my God! Of the event, so and it was actually a great ceremony. It's one of the best that I've been to in recent years. Uh, all the winners showed up, which is a rarity uh, because you know shows are in production, so it's tough for people to stop and fly back to LA. Uh, because so many of them now are producing their shows in Vancouver or Toronto. But uh, we got some great turnout from uh, most of the cast and producers of People vs. OJ, for example, which was a big winner, the biggest winner of the night with four wins, including Program of the Year. Uh, you know, other shows that did well, Samantha B., um, who we talked about, we've been talking about on this podcast. Um, you know, she uh, you know didn't get nominated for an Emmy. Uh, well, she did in writing, but not for uh, you know best talk series. But did win for news and information uh, at uh, well this deserved. Show. 
uh, at the TCAs. Yeah. So. so let's get into our categories. We have today, we're going to do uh, the lead actor and actress in drama and limited series. And so we might as well just start with lead actor. We have Kyle Chandler from my favorite show, Bloodline, who I think is amazing in that series, is John Rayburn, the brother who is the fixer but isn't really as good as he seems. We have Rami Malek as Elliot um, on Mr. Robot, who really is picking up a lot of momentum, I think. Um, And uh, Bob Odenkirk as Jimmy McGill. Now, didn't uh, Mr. Robot win a prize last night also? I mean, uh, at the TCAs? Yes, uh, it's uh, Best New Series. And Bob Odenkirk as Jimmy McGill in Better Call Saul. Matthew Reese in The Americans, finally. Liev Schreiber in Ray Donovan and Kevin Spacey yet again uh, in House of Cards. Now, the old school approach here would be to say Kevin Spacey has won, therefore he will win again. Right, although last year he didn't win. Of course, that went to uh, John Hamm in his final season on Mad Men. So Which this was is, an exception, too, yeah. in a way. And this is a wide-open category now, because now that uh, Kevin Spacey has, has fallen off, uh, it's tough to kind of come back and suddenly win again once once you don't. And, you know, it's uh, you know, House of Cards is on the tail end of its lifespan. It's a show that once upon a time was a darling, uh, but not so much anymore. May and, I argue with you slightly there? Yeah. Because it does have an enormous number of nominations across a lot of categories. It's not like it was a weak no, it's, sister. It's still... It's, it, if you look at it just in terms of its strength, in terms of the number of nominations, of nominations. it's very that's, strong. That's still huge, but that doesn't necessarily equate a win and in I this think, particular category yeah, and in most categories to tell you the truth I really? think House of Cards is still one of those shows that people are still going to be nominated until the end of time but I don't think it's sort of on the path to win many more Emmys it's it's still sort of in the tail end of its lifespan and I think voters have, have started to move on and you know probably doesn't help that Kevin Spacey's got that cat movie right now <laughs> that was <laughs> but, not a good career move but what, what it, do I know it, 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 nine lives tanked last weekend all right well I would say in my in my little universe, Rami Malek is looking very strong. I would agree with you. I think uh, he's the front runner. Uh, sort of unexpected first year and an a un- young man and, and not very well known outside of Mr. Robot. But Mr. Robot's such a phenomenon. Uh, I think uh, you know Emmy voters uh, in in voting Mr. Robot, uh, giving it so many nominations in its first year, they're they're really conscious of wanting to make a statement that they're paying attention to critically acclaimed shows like that, and. I think you can't discount the fact that Mr. Robot is back on the air as we speak for season two. People are watching the show. People are talking about the show. You see Rami Malek all over the place. So that's going to help. It's in top of voters' minds. Because he's a discovery, I mean, it's we're, we're, they started the second season. He's already completed one season. But because he's a relatively new element, everyone wants to talk to him. And I talked to him, and I enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, so I think we're both in agreement. That's... There we go. Lead actress in a drama series, we have Claire Danes, uh, yet again for Homeland, Viola Davis, uh, for How to Get Away with Murder, who has also been nominated before. Taraji P. Henson, again, for Empire. Tatiana Maslany for Orphan Black. Has she been nominated a lot, Tatiana? Uh, you know, she's she's a critical favorite. I thought she had been ignored in the past, and she maybe she not, finally made it. She was nominated last year last as well. Last year. Yeah. Okay. Carrie Russell for The Americans, thankfully, for her first time. And Robin Wright for the fourth time as Claire Underwood of House of Cards. So in this category, my guess is I do not know. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you a reason to pick Viola Davis uh, because she won last year. So You're using that method. Using 
using again. that methodology. It's strong. You know, she. Was, I don't think that show is that good. I like her, obviously. I like her in anything she does, but that show to me is is just. Yeah, yeah, but I think that was the case last year too. But I think yes. people really like her now. Spoiler could be Taraji P Henson, who I would have put my money on Taraji last year when uh, Empire was at the height of its it power. It fell off. It did fall off. People it still almost jumped the shark, but they still love her. She's amazing. I guess my point would be using Oscar logic. It would be about who gives the best performance who has the most to do and no one has more to do than cookie i mean that, that it's just the juiciest role absolutely and 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 people want to see her on stage they want to give her the awards so you could see them flip to taraji uh, I think and the, if I were going with the Oscar universe, I would say in the in the overall scheme of things, who is the most extraordinary actor week after week after week on the series? It would be Claire Danes of Homeland. But you're you're suggesting perhaps that that is uh, is is it a question of that being old news? Uh, possibly, you know. Eight nominations to date. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I kind of feel like Homeland's also ha- had its moment. Three uh, wins today. In the sun, so. You know, and she, uh, you know, she has won before. So, you know, she won in 2013 playing Carrie Matheson. So, and in 2012, too. So, All right. she's, she's won before, but it's been a couple of years. It's tough when, you know, obviously voters have decided, okay, we've given you your due. We've moved on. So, it kind of feels like they've moved on, even though I think Homeland's gotten better the past couple of I years. Agree. But, you know, people kind of... Yeah, they they kind of moved on as well. Interesting. All right, lead actor in a limited series, we have uh, Brian Cranston in All the Way as LBJ, Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock Holmes, uh, Idris Elba as Luther, Cuba Gooding Jr. as OJ, Tom Hiddleston as The Night Manager, and Courtney B. Vance as Johnny Cochran. That is a very competitive, tough group. That is a tough group. And I'm giving it to Brian Cranston. Yeah, I mean... People, can't be denied. People do love Brian Cranston. I mean, look at these names, though. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock, which people love. Idris Elba as Luther. I feel um, like Sherlock is more culty, that it, that it doesn't have a f- total love from everyone. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting category because last year, uh, interestingly, Richard Jenkins won for Olive Kitteridge. So, you know, and he was up against Adrian Brody. He was up against Ricky Gervais. Uh, Timothy Hutton. So uh, that's well, a, that's the great character actor of all time in a very classy, yeah. beautifully directed HBO series. Yeah. So uh, I would give it to Brian Cranston, but you know you can't discount Courtney B. Vance. And if if people are feeling that they want to vote for People versus OJ in every and they wanna, category, and they want to go with a, a straight ticket, and if they want to, and if they want to go with the diversity, yeah, yeah. as usual, there's a combination of reasons. You see Courtney B. Vance there, and you think he just personified Johnny Cochran. Oh, was that so was great. one of the performances of the year. Now, don't they want to see Tom Hiddleston get up there and accept an award? They do. I don't think enough people saw Night Manager. Um, that you know, that's probably. That's a, that's more of a long shot, but all right. So lead actress, we have Kirsten Dunst in Fargo, Felicity Huffman. This is limited series. American Crime, Audra McDonald, Last Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill, Sarah Paulson, People versus OJ, Lily Taylor, American Crime, and Kerry Washington in Confirmation. And I'm going to say, based on everything you were saying before, but I also believe it's true, Sarah Paulson. 
Yeah, again, if they're going with that straight ticket, that People versus OJ ticket, again, just as Courtney B. Vance personified Johnny Cochran, I mean, she was Marsha Clark, and she was incredible. And, you know, she she just won one of the TCA awards, actually, for overall. What, what's great about the TCA awards, by the way, is they don't specify by gender. She won best performance in a drama, period. That's great. Um, so she, she gets the shot. I mean... People do love Kerry Washington. I, confirmation never got a lot of attention, though. She was great in it, but the movie wasn't as good as she was. And Fargo was great, but I, I don't know if people are thinking Kirsten Dunst as, as sort of the face of, of Fargo. Uh, you know, last I don't year, feel a lot of heat around it. And last year, speaking of straight tickets, Olive Kitteridge got that straight ticket vote where just as Richard Jenkins won, so did Frances McDormand. So... Especially with limited series, I think people are sort of going to go with that Sharpie and just go straight ticket and go total people versus OJ. Good to know. All right. Thank you, Michael. Until next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye.